You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I am injecting coffee and caffeine directly into my veins this morning. The NBA draft is over and done with, and the Sacramento Kings elected to stay in the second round despite the fact that we had a record amount of trades go down in this year's NBA draft. Woj and Shams were all over it. The media room at the Golden One Center was mild, to say the least. It was a long night, but at the end of the day, the Kings got three players that Vlade Divac says they're very happy with, even though many on Kings Twitter don't see things the same way. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Locked on Kings. This is your hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all offseason long. You can count on a full breakdown of last night's draft, previewing free agency as we are uh, approaching it very, very quickly, the start of free agency on June 30th, nine days away from that. Just after that is the California Classic and Summer League action uh, in Sacramento and in Las Vegas. And then training camp and the start of the 2019-2020 season. Never a dull moment in Sacramento when it comes to these Kings, and we have a lot to talk about today. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm from Sports 1140 KHDK. That's the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento. I work there as an on-air host and a multimedia journalist and reporter. I was at the Golden One Center from 3.30 in the afternoon until about 11 at night last night. Vlade Divac didn't take the uh, podium for his press conference until around 10.20, 10.30 in the evening because the Kings had the final pick in the draft, and he also has to handle some things with the league and with the NBA, talk to his draft picks and everything Uh, after uh, the draft ends as well. So he couldn't just take the podium immediately once the draft ended. But if you have not already listened uh, to Vlane Divac's press conference, I posted it late last night. Wherever you find the Locked on Kings podcast, the episode before this one should just be in its entirety Vlade's press conference. Now, if you're very, very interested in that, want to hear what he has to say, now I'm going to give you some cliff notes and footnotes of of some of the stuff that he said. I'm not playing any audio here for you on this podcast today. I just don't have time. So much to get to. But if you want to hear in its entirety, the entire press conference is around maybe 15 minutes max, probably closer to 10. Uh, You can go and check that out right now. Again, it is wherever you find the Locked on Kings podcast should be the episode before this one. Uh, So go and take a listen to that and hear what Vlade had to say about all of his draft picks. But we're going to do a lot today. I mean, I'm going to be sharing with you in just a little bit some of my biggest winners and losers from the draft. And then uh, we're going to talk about some of the things that Vlade said in his press conference. Uh, and we're going to talk about fan expectations. I'm going to give you a little bit of background. I don't have much for you, to be completely honest with you, about these three second-round picks. The reality is they're second-round picks. They're flyers. They're, for lack of a better term, crapshoots. There's a very good chance that None of them will make the roster. Best case scenario is one of them makes the roster and is a 12th, 13th, 14th man uh, type guy. Maybe all three of these guys uh, spend time in the G League in Stockton. Uh, We don't know, but I still have information on all three of them for you, at least a little bit for you, a little bit of explanations as to why they took these guys. If you are unfamiliar with them, and and quite honestly, I mean, uh, to pull back the curtain a little bit, I am someone that 
My job is to cover the Kings and to cover the NBA. And I was surprised by some of these picks. Now, they had one pick in particular that they took with the 55th uh, pick, which they traded, uh, they acquired by moving down in the draft, believe it or not, from the New York Knicks. I'll talk about that as well. Uh, But I'm familiar with him, and I'll talk about him in just a little bit. But the other couple of picks that they made, guys that we didn't know very much about. Uh, So hopefully I can fill in some of the gaps for you uh, today. Also... We have a beef going on between Marvin Bagley and Damian Lillard. Now, for the most part, it's all fun and games. It is a beef centered around diss tracks and rapping. Uh, I'll explain that a little bit towards the end of the show, uh, and then I'll let you know where you can get uh, your uh, fix of free agency profiles and previews. Uh, Myself and my team at KHDK are working on daily previews for you of potential targets for the Kings to go out and get. I'll share that all with you as well at the end of the podcast. You ready for all of that? We have a lot to get to, so let's not waste any time. Biggest and winners and losers from this draft. First and foremost, it's an obvious pick. Biggest winner would be a a Zion Williamson type thing. Zion... Speaking about his mom and and in his interview after being selected number one overall, getting emotional, talking about his mom. I know there are some people, some macho men that probably drive a super souped up truck um, that uh, is like 45 feet off the ground with monster wheels. Good for you. Uh, If you think it's not okay or it's stupid or lame for athletes, grown men to show emotion, uh, especially on the biggest nights of their life, like getting drafted into the NBA and having your dream realized, uh, piss off Uh, just just go away shut up who cares nobody gives a damn uh, what you think about athletes getting emotional I think it was phenomenal uh, what we saw from Zion uh, the things that he had to say about his mom getting emotional in that moment we also saw John Morant get a little bit emotional as well I love that from athletes and I I appreciate that and I I admire on that big of a stage knowing millions upon millions of people around the world are watching and and all of New Orleans is celebrating you being selected that instead of going maybe a cockier arrogant route Uh, He went the humble route, thanking his parents, thanking the journey. Um, So I really appreciate that. Zion is going to be an incredibly easy guy to root for. And uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, man, they're looking really good. They're actually my first winner overall. David Griffin is just a freaking genius, man. I mean, what what he has turned this Anthony Davis trade into I mean the amount of picks that he's gotten the moves that he's made good quality young talent that's already spent some time in the league uh, getting a, a, a couple of rookies including uh, Zion Williamson it was a hell of a draft and it's been a hell of a couple of weeks for David Griffin so they're obviously a massive winner for me uh, the Portland Trailblazers are a massive winner as well finding a way to get Nasir Little late in the first round Nasir Little was probably the biggest surprise in, in terms of people uh, who dropped um, I'm really excited about that pick. He's considered to be a top 10 talent. I know that there are, there are some concerns about him, uh, hence the reason why he slid as far as he did. But to end up in Portland, and Portland's been looking for someone at that small forward position, and if Nasir Little can be as good as we think he can be to potentially fit in really, really nicely uh, with Damian Lillard and with C.J. McCollum, I like the potential there, so I think the Portland Trailblazers are some pretty significant winners. If you're looking at some of the biggest losers from this draft, the Phoenix Suns, I mean, what the hell are they doing? I would love to have someone from the Phoenix Suns on this podcast uh, very, very shortly, and I, I try and reserve my judgment as much as I can because I'm not there. I'm not in Phoenix. I'm not around the people who know 10 times more than I do, uh, so I, I can't 
from the outside perspective, I have no idea what's going on, but I can guarantee you there are many people around the world that have that same perspective about the Sacramento Kings and the moves that they made last night and the moves that they've made over the last few years. Uh, so I'm doing my best to reserve judgment, but they gave away TJ Warren basically for free, and he is a good player. They gave him away basically for free. Uh, and then just the moves that they made at the uh, or during the draft last night, just head scratchers. Not sure reaching uh, to to get certain players. Uh, it's just it's confusing. I also put the Washington Wizards uh, in my uh, in my biggest losers with what they ended up doing with their pick. The fact that they don't have a general manager yet, but they're still going through a draft. Uh, very confusing there. And then of course the biggest loser, which is a hot name right now amongst Kings Twitter and and Kings Media is Bull Bull. The fact that he fell all the way to 45, I think, is where he was taken, taken by the Miami Heat and then traded to the uh, the Denver Nuggets. Bull Bull, uh, he was considered to be a top-five talent going into last college season and then dealt with some injury issues, also heard some uh, concerns about just his attitude and his work ethic, and we saw the results of that, him falling all the way to 45, which is just crazy to think about. So share with me your biggest winners and losers from the NBA draft. You can reach me on Twitter anytime at MattGeorgeKHDK. You can also email me at any uh, anytime mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. When you are driving to work or from work or wherever you're headed, all you have to do is tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Kings, and we will be right there with you for the entire drive. It's super easy. It's simple. It's hands-off, and it'll play the most uh, recent, immediate episode for you. Again, all you have to do is tell your smart device, whatever it is, play podcast Locked on Kings, and it'll immediately start playing for you. Take advantage of that. It's really cool, uh, and it's something that uh, hopefully you will make part of your regular driving routine. So we heard a lot of rumors, especially in the couple hours leading up to the draft. And if you follow me on social media, you you would know uh, that I was all over it, trying to get as much information as I could. And, and one thing that I admire about the Kings, but is also incredibly frustrating from a media standpoint, is that they keep everything really quiet, really reserved, really close to the chest. Uh, and that is something that is an incredible improvement over the leaks and, and issues and struggles uh, that they had in the Pete D'Alessandro era and when Vladi Divac really took over the team. Remember the amount of leaks and issues? We would hear everything happening uh, in the front office and with the Kings organization, even before everybody in the organization itself knew. That's how bad the leaks were. Now, the leaks recently came back because of one man in particular. I think we all know Brandon Williams was the source of a lot of leaking in the front office this last season. He is now gone, as is head coach Dave Yeager. The two of them had uh, had beefs with one another. Uh, and since then, the leaks seem to have been plugged up once again. We knew the Kings were interested, potentially, and were engaging in conversations with certain teams to try and move up into the 20 range of the first round. Ultimately, no deal got done. Uh, the Phoenix Suns also acquired... Uh, Aaron Baines from the Boston Celtics. That was a player that the Kings potentially uh, could have gone out and get to help their their big man depth, to help that center position. They also could have taken, I believe it was the 20th or 21st pick uh, that Boston had and, and move into the first round. We also know that there's interest with Oklahoma City, uh, the Thunder, and Steven Adams, although 
What I'm hearing, the rumors that I've heard is that their asking price was just too high. And my speculation based off of that was they wanted a combination of players, including Bogdan Bogdanovich. And I know that the Kings think very highly of Bogey. They believe he is part of their core that will get them to the playoffs and potentially help them compete for a championship. They view him as an essential piece off of the bench. I know this for a fact. Uh, how highly the Kings, uh, how high the Kings are on Bogey, and, and how important they believe he is for the future of this team. So it doesn't surprise me at all that if Oklahoma City or any other team requested Bogey as part of the trade, that's where trade conversations stopped, and, and no agreement uh, could be made uh, to that point. So things fell through with that. Ultimately, the Kings did not move into the first round, which upset. A lot of uh, people on social media, and you know, I, I understand the activity of King's Twitter. I love King's Twitter. I know many of you listening are part of King's Twitter. I have great interactions. I have bad interactions on a daily basis, and it just is what it is. I'm not afraid uh, to have those conversations, especially with people who disagree with me. Everybody knows last summer uh, I was one of the minorities in the corner of drafting Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic and how everybody reacted to that and the rest is history type thing um so last night there were a a lot of mixed reactions for the most part negative and it started really with the kings not moving into the first round well they elected to stay put for the most part their first pick ended up being the pick uh that we uh, believed would be their first pick all along which was the 40th overall pick the 10th pick in the second round and with that pick they took a guy named Justin James. Now, Justin James is one of the players that did come. He was one of the 101 players, 101 players that the Kings had in Sacramento over their 16 or 17 uh, pre-draft workouts that they held. And look, we know this for an absolute fact, and this, this draft just reiterates it. The Kings value seeing a player in person and spending time with him, talking with him, and and seeing firsthand how he can fit with what they're trying to do. That has been a uh, that has been part of Vlade's mo for the past couple of years. It was the major reason why he elected to go with Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic last year because Marvin Bagley was the only top pick that would come in and work for the Kings and work out for the Kings in Sacramento. That stuff carries a lot of weight to the Kings, and why that while that might not carry a lot of weight for other teams. That's an important fact, and and to give you an analogy or an idea of, of why that's important and how it's come back to bite the Kings in the ass before is Damian Lillard worked out for the Kings, and the Kings were reportedly very, very interested in taking him uh, in the draft a number of years ago. Then Thomas Robinson, who never worked out for the Kings but was considered to be a top pick, fell to them. And they ended up taking him because they felt like, well, we, have, we haven't seen this guy. He hasn't worked out for us, but he, he just makes so much sense. And he's such a good player, at least by so many people's draft boards, that he's here. We have to take him. We'd be fools not to. How did that pan out? It would have been better for the Kings to take the guy that they knew was a good talent and that they had worked out in their own facility, but they elected not to and it, and, and it hurt them. So Vlade, I, I know he's... Now, that was not Vlade's draft pick, by the way, so we can't hold the Thomas Robinson pick against Vlade, but he's aware of that, and, and a lot of teams, they have their ways of going about business, and the Kings clearly put a lot of value in players coming to Sacramento and working out for them in person uh, and getting to talk to them and see what their game is all about. So with that in mind, it shouldn't surprise anybody that the Kings, two out of the three players that they took, worked out for them 
in Sacramento. Justin James, a six foot seven senior wing out of Wyoming. For the most part, a shooting guard can play some small forward ha- as well. Uh, he one of the things I like about him is the fact that he was a senior. Um, and I appreciate when players, and now it's more common uh, for juniors and seniors to go in the second round. Um, they're just not top talents and no reason for them to declare for the draft right out of the gate after one freshman season uh, in college. But I appreciate when seniors come to the NBA, uh, personally, more uh, they have a more NBA-ready body, higher basketball IQ for the most part. Uh, so I'm, the first thing I saw, the fact that he was a junior, uh, or sorry, he was a senior and that he was six foot seven. I was excited about that. Now, James was a fantastic scorer for Wyoming. He averaged 22 points, also eight rebounds and four assists a game. He shot 40% from the field. The bad thing is that he shot 29% from three-point range. Now, Vlade, uh, even though that number says he wasn't that good of a three-point shooter, Vlade says he is capable of hitting the outside shot. They liked him for his shooting and his scoring ability and his overall fit with what the Kings are trying to do, which is a, a consistent theme of his press conference, so keep that in mind. Uh, but that's really all you need to know about Justin James. Again, he did work out for the Kings in Sacramento. 6'7", senior wing, for the most part a shooting guard. Uh, 22 points per game score. Uh, he is is coming in to, to find a way to put the ball in the basket. Also, we've heard he's not a horrific defender, um, so that's, that's good in that sense. Again, remember, these are all second-round picks. The likelihood of them turning into consistent, solid, rotational players is relatively low. Not unheard of, but relatively low. And I would be surprised if more than one of these players actually makes the Kings roster by the end of training camp when things are all said and done. So that's what they did with the number 40 pick. Now they had the number 47 pick. Uh, and there were theories that, because Bull Bull was on the board, as was Admiral Schofield. You know how high I am on Schofield uh, at the 40th pick. And and the Kings took Justin James. A lot of people had no idea who he was and were frustrated by that because they thought, well, there's there's these other names available. Why would you take someone who, on many draft boards, wasn't even in the top 60? Many are, are wondering if Justin James would have even gone drafted uh, if the Kings hadn't taken him at number 40, but that was Vlade's guy, and, and that's who Vlade and the Kings wanted, so they elected to take him, which I trust them a whole hell of a lot more uh, than I trust myself with that judgment call. But the 47th pick comes around, and we are we don't know. We're left to speculate whether or not the Kings were hopeful that Bull Bull or, or even Schofield would fall all the way to 47 so that they could pick him there. Uh, that didn't end up being the case. Schofield and Bull Bull went pretty soon after the 40th pick, and so what did the Kings do? They traded the 47th pick to the New York Knicks, and they received the 55th pick and cash considerations. Now, I know cash considerations is pretty much a running joke uh, in Sacramento because the Kings have made a lot of trades for cash in the past. This trade also upset a lot of people. Uh, they felt like there was talent to be had uh, at 47. They elected to trade down and go all the way to 55. Uh, what was the point of that? Well, the point was that the Kings clearly didn't worry about or have a guy that they they felt the need to take at that spot that they couldn't have taken later. Uh, so they elected to take some extra cash from the New York Knicks and still got their guy at 55, at least according to Vlade Divac. And this is probably the most recognizable name that the Kings got 
out of anybody and everybody in this draft, and that is Kyle Guy, Virginia point guard. Now, he jumps between point guard and shooting guard. Uh, Vlade, in his press conference, said uh, that he views Guy as more of a shooting guard, has to develop uh, his point guard skills, which uh, leaves us to question uh, if he is in the consideration long-term as potentially De'Aaron Fox's backup. Uh, Who knows? But Vlade made it sound like his role and his job right out of the gate uh, in the NBA would be as a shooting guard. And, and this guy, I mean, he can shoot. Junior season with Virginia shot 42% from three-point range, also averaged 15 points per game. James Ham uh, of NBCSN, who's going to be joining me on a future podcast here very, very, uh, or in the very near future, hopefully before free agency opens and begins. Uh, James Ham posted a video of, of, uh, of uh, Kyle Guy working out and shooting threes in the Kings practice facility. And Kyle Guy was the only player out of the 101 that they brought in. Guy was the only one who returned for a second workout. So obviously the Kings were very interested in him. Shouldn't surprise anybody that the Kings elected to take him. So a pure shooter in Kyle Guy had some big moments for Virginia in the NCAA national uh, tournament, uh, including a pair of free throws that he hit to, I believe, advance Virginia to the final four. Uh, So big news there. Now the 60th pick, it's a crapshoot. And the last time the 60th pick belonged to the Sacramento Kings, they took Isaiah Thomas. And I think that gave fans unrealistic expectations of the talent that you can get at 60. Isaiah Thomas was an anomaly uh, that ended up working out for Sacramento, but we know how everything is played out. But the Kings, they wrapped up the draft by taking a Serbian. And we know Vlade is Serbian, and we know he has better connections to that area of the world and that market than we will ever have here. So again, I trust Vlade's judgment with a Serbian player way more than I'll trust my own or even the draft quote-unquote experts here uh, in the United States. They took Serbian guard uh, Vanja Marinkovic. He averaged 12 points, 2 rebounds, and 2 assists in his most recent season uh, in Europe. Former teammate of Bogdan Bogdanovic, who... Uh, I think either tweeted out or posted an Instagram post with a little smiley face emoji and a thumbs up uh, with the move. Vlade knows this kid, has has followed this kid, I I guess, personally for quite some time. I think he's 24 years old, if I'm not mistaken, so he's not super young uh, by any means. So some Serbian-European talent uh, has a chance to make the roster. Again, I trust Vlade more than anything with that. Uh, now, he was asked during his press conference if this is a draft and stash type situation, meaning they draft him, but he still remains in Europe and they can uh, they have his rights if he ever decides to come over to the NBA. Vlade was pretty vague about that. We don't know if that's the case, but clearly Vlade thinks this guy has some talent. He, like Guy, and like uh, Justin James, can shoot. And you'll notice all three of these guys are wing players that can shoot. And that was the name of the game for Vlade. Vlade knows his play style. They like to play fast and get up a lot of shots and try and outscore you, especially from the perimeter. That's why he took all three of these players in this spot. So that's essentially what he said throughout the his press conference, and the press conference itself. And I know fans probably wanted more specific of an explanation as to why he selected the players that he selected. But if this was a first-round scenario, I see comparisons. I'm already seeing comparisons to the Jorgis Papianis draft pick that he made. But that was in the first round in the late lottery. We're talking about the 40th overall pick and later. No matter what the Kings did in this draft, even if they took Bull Bull at 40, 
the likelihood of that player completely changing this organization and being the missing piece to this team making the playoffs was extremely low. I saw a bunch of overreactions from Kings fans and some Kings media members and Kings bloggers last night that I thought were absurd and and laughable. I understand feelings and frustrations in the heat of the moment, but again, I trust Vlade and his team and their draft board a whole hell of a lot more than I trust my opinion, the bloggers' opinions, and Sacramento media and Sacramento fans' opinions because I guarantee every single one of you, just like myself, had no idea who these players were beyond what we could get immediately on basketball reference or what we could pull off of a YouTube mixtape. I mean, that's the reality of the situation in the second round. You're taking flyers on players that maybe can turn into something good for your team in the future. And why not, if you're Vlade, take three players that are relatively similar that fit, potentially fit, your overall play style? I just ask that that fans calm down a little bit and recognize that it's it's a low-risk, high-reward scenario. If one of these guys works out, it's a tremendous success. If none of them do, it's not a failure. And for those who are fuming and frustrated with the fact that the Kings did not land Bull Bull at 40 or did not take Bull Bull at 40, I get that. I mean, potentially major talent. And who knows if he turns into a great player or not. But this is what has come out this morning since the Kings and so many teams passed on Bull Bull. From Trey Rodriguez out of New York. According to his medical, many teams fear Bull Bull might have degenerative knees. Think like Brandon Roy, but already more advanced than when Roy came into the league. You remember when Brandon Roy came into the league and his knees completely ruined his career? That's per a league source. So teams are afraid that Bull Bull's knees are bad or worse than what Brandon Roy's were now to this point. If that's the case, then I have no problem with them not taking Bull Bull at 40 and trying to take a guy in Justin James that hopefully will work out. We'll see them all at the California Classic here in Sacramento very, very shortly, and we'll see them all play in Summer League as well. I don't have too much time left here in this final segment, so I'll just tell you this. Marvin Bagley and Damian Barling, or Damian Barling, uh, former KHDK host and former car, uh, colleague of mine, Damian Barling, uh, he does not play for the Portland Trailblazers. That is Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard and Marvin Bagley are currently beefing and engaging in diss tracks and rap battles. This all started with yesterday, Marvin Bagley appearing on first take and saying that he was the best rapper player in the NBA. Uh, Damian Lillard has been a rapper and an MC for quite some time. I actually really enjoy Damian Lillard and Marvin Bagley's music. Uh, And so Bagley essentially issued a challenge uh, to Lillard during first take. Lillard responded. Bagley dropped the first track, which was not necessarily a diss at Damian Lillard. It mentioned Lillard in the track, but it was it was more of a song than anything else. Then Lillard clapped back with an actual diss track on uh, Marvin Bagley. He had some killer lines there, not just about Bagley, but about the Kings and the, and the city of Sacramento, which it stung, but it was great from a diss track perspective. Then 
Lillard dropped another diss track at the end of the draft. And then Marvin Bagley at 3 a.m. this morning dropped his response. If you want to listen to them all, they're for free right now on SoundCloud. You can go and listen to them. You can also find them on my Twitter, at MattGeorgeKHDK. I'll talk about them later. I cannot play them on this podcast whatsoever because of some uh, some vulgar language. But go and listen to those on your own time. This is a fun story. It's nothing major, so let's not overreact to anything. Let's not call Damian Lillard a punk. Uh, let's not think that Marvin Bagley's career is over because he got, like, in my opinion, Damian Lillard is is winning this rap battle uh, far and beyond. But you know, that's that's just my opinion. If you're into rap, if you're into that kind of music, go and listen to it. It's pretty fun. It's pretty entertaining, uh, to say the least. Also, right now, starting today on KHDK.com, all the way up until June 30th, the start of free agency every single day. KHDK.com is releasing at least one. NBA free agent profile for the Sacramento Kings to potentially target. This has uh, just an explanation of who they are as a player, how they potentially fit with the Sacramento Kings, uh, how much money it's potentially going to cost, and a priority rating, how how aggressive the Kings should try and go and pursue them. The first one is out that I wrote today about Tobias Harris. You can check that out on KHDK.com. We have more coming every single day, not just written by me, but our entire fantastic KHDK staff. I think you're really going to enjoy them. Start looking at them every day. We'll reference them as much as possible here on the Locked on Kings podcast when we can, uh, but definitely be a part of that and go and read those and listen to those, and I I think you'll really uh, enjoy them there. Again, that's on khdk.com. If you want to talk about anything, that I talked about here uh, on the podcast. Share your thoughts on the draft, what the Kings did. Are you frustrated? Are you happy? It's all fair game. At MattGeorgeKHDK, you can reach me on Twitter, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. Shoot me an email if you would like. Would love to talk to you in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I look forward to chatting with all of you in person who are coming to the California Classic. If you are coming, let me know, and we'll set up a time to meet. Would love to shake your hand, and thank you personally for listening to the Locked on Kings podcast. Until next time, have yourself a fantastic weekend. We will be back Next week, more draft talk, I'm sure, but really we're gearing up for a wild and crazy free agency period. So I will see you for that. Until next time, my name is Matt George. Thank you so much for listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.